You watch the fuck out with them. <laughs> We're coming at you with reviews. Hello, toasters. Welcome to another great episode of Movie Toast. This is this is episode forty-eight. We got to forty-eight, sir. <laughs> Adam. Wow. Forty-eight. Wow. Forty-eight. And and we're not even talking about the lost episodes that we never posted, or the episodes that kind of fell by the wayside, or whatnot. We're, yeah. we're killing it. Oh yeah. Almost at fifty. We're getting there. We'll see you soon, fifty, folks. I am excited to be here. I um I was feeling pretty under the weather. I was worried. I, I wasn't going to make it this week uh, Well, for, to the podcast. I was going to survive. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to make it through life. No, not that harsh. Not that harsh. But pulled through. Adam, I got a shitload of movies. How about you? You got a shitload of movies to talk about? Oh, I got, I got a shitload of movies. And unlike you, I wasn't feeling under the weather. I was just feeling emo. emo. Because they canceled the show that I was working on over on Netflix. <sighs> that, ah, yeah, uh, that sucked. So hear, we man. both had a shitty weekend. I, I was riding high and muddy the whole time. Like, COVID, you can fuck yourself. I'm going back to work. I have a job until next year. And now I'm like, I'm unemployed. So guess what, Toasters? I'm going to have more movies to talk about next week. Oh, next week? This week? I don't know we why I'm threatening. Like, it's a bad thing. You watch the fuck out with them. <laughs> We're coming at you with reviews. Because I'm unemployed. We're going to fucking make you listen to reviews, people. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm excited. We got a lot of movies to talk about today. I think it could be an all-time high, and it's going to be exciting to see how quickly oh, yeah. we can get this podcast. There's, I, I admittedly, you know, I did the uh, the classic uh, sick day kid move, and just it was a movie. A lot of movies I'm familiar with, but I did get a couple in there that I had not seen, uh, had not seen previously. Um, everything else, though, it has been a long time since I watched them, or I'd only watched them one other time before. So yeah, I am excited to start us off with. Lincoln Lawyer. A lot of people heard about this movie. Uh, 2011 film directed by Brad Furman based on a, a book series. A book series or just the book? Just one yeah. book? Yeah, no book. As, book. I think it's a series. Okay. Because this character lives in other books too. He kind of coexists. Oh, badass. Okay. Oh, that's... See, I honestly, I'm, I'm curious about giving that a shot because I gotta say, this was a very interesting film. A good watch. I, I will just say right off the bat, I don't always gravitate towards this type of film but i do kind of enjoy just watching these types of performances the uh cast right away i mean i don't mind mcconaughey i know he can be a divisive for some He's a fun guy you, you know what you're getting when you're watching a mcconaughey movie oh yeah but the supporting cast in this movie mm. they are excellent i i michael pena although a yes. small role intense fucking intense as that uh, this wrongly accused man who's stuck in prison, uh, John Linguizamo, uh, Josh <laughs> Lucas, uh, William H. Macy, of course, Ryan Felipe is, plays a creep, just fantastic. <laughs> then the great Marissa Tomei. The movie yeah. tells a story about a, about a lawyer, Los Angeles, drives a Lincoln. No, he doesn't. He's the driver <laughs> who drives a Lincoln. He sits in the back of the Lincoln. Fuck it's, yeah. It's this mystery story. He takes on or is recommended a case by this uh, Beverly Hills playboy who's claims he didn't beat the shit out of this woman and try to kill her. And it, you see all these horrible photos and the case seems kind of, uh, at first it's like, wow, this guy's a dirtbag. He probably did it. And, but he's got to do his due diligence. And he's like, no, he's got to prove why this lady might've orchestrated the event. And you know, without digging into all of the minutia of all of the movements, it kind of follows a pretty recognizable path of like the cop story. But this is all from the perspective of the defense attorney. And hmm. I kind of like seeing this dirtier edge of he's he's working deals. He's not doing everything by the book. He's he's paying people off. He's even the 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 guy who's organizing who gets to see the the judge for the day. He slips some hundred dollar bills and jars of peanuts and shit for the Christmas. <laughs> like I, I kind of like the way he works. He still kind of has a a moral code to abide by. Um, he's going to do his job. Is what it comes down to. Being a defense attorney. It comes with some bad, uh, some some bad things. Like you, you meet some characters who already have a, a bad impression of him because of the people he's defended in the past. But you start to see his heart of gold. You see, he's a father. His his ex wife, he doesn't have an estranged relationship with. In fact, they're fairly close. Um, nice. They go on this journey of trying to figure out whether or not he did it, and then it's this takes a drastic turn, and it's no longer did he do it, but 
how the fuck can McConaughey get out of the situation he's like kind of trapped in and that's an exciting turn and even up to the end you start kind of questioning who could there have been someone else to aid the situation is there some other element kind of still hanging on and I had a fun I had a fun ride watching this thing it was this is this is a green light for me uh Lincoln Lawyer doesn't come up too often for me getting to watch these kinds of things but I had a nice pleasant experience gave me the the law and order vibes but without that kind of chemical cleanliness you know the mm. the chemical the cleaners yeah you don't have to it it is that flavor but it has a little more sense of style and I like that yeah. LA was a character the music in the movie was really good it was shot interesting the performances the cast is great I really 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 enjoyed the cast just to slam it all out there good time with that thing <laughs> mcconaughey works in mysterious ways dennis he does he does he doesn't uh, he he does it well too that was <laughs> fucking bill clinton i don't know why that mcconaughey uh, you know, bill I, I could have gone either way it wasn't terrible i've heard worse oh man lincoln lawyer me, me and my old roommate one of them we used to have a inside joke about the lincoln lawyer we talk <laughs> about him all the time. we ended up getting a poster put in our living room framed of the lincoln lawyer i've only seen the movie once I'm more excited the fact there's a show on on Prime called Bosch. Apparently, Lincoln Lawyer is a stepbrother to him. So I'm always like, oh, I wonder if they'll bring the Lincoln Lawyer into the show. We're on the street. Oh, and see interesting. Oh, shit. Yeah. I had no idea. Okay, dang. That excited well, me when I found that out. You might have just got me to want to give Bosch, <laughs> finally give Bosch a start. So if you like that, you might like Bosch because uh, it sounds like it's probably the same world, except I think Bosch is like a cop, maybe. I don't He's, know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. You ended up watching a movie about a good guy riding in a car, and I watched a movie about a bad guy riding in a car. Oh, shit. I, I recently rented this thriller called Spree. It stars Joe Carey from Stranger Things, Sashir Zamata, and a good old favorite of mine, uh, David Arquette. It's oh, about nice. a guy who's been trying to be a social media influencer for years with YouTube videos and his own, like, it starts with a whole montage of him being like, hey, welcome to Blah Blah Blah's world, and like subscribe and like it's kind of catchy you see how happy is he is and then it cuts to a couple of years later after many failed attempts he ends up snapping he becomes an uber type driver for a company called spree and he puts cameras all around his car all these webcams and stuff and somehow he starts live streaming he's like i'm gonna start showing people some new content and he has a buddy who he used to babysit who's a big social media influencer and he's backing him on this so he's like no lose situation. Uh, throughout the day, he goes around live streaming him, picking people up. You think he's going to deliver them, but no, 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 no. He starts murdering his passengers. Oh, shit. Yeah. The plot kind of sounds bland. The camera work is kind of interesting because instead of your typical cinema cameras, you have webcams, cell phone cams, just street cams, a bunch of different cams cut together, which okay. is an interesting way to see it. It's kind of cool. You get used to it after a while. And some of the writing's a little bland. The movie flies by in a flash. It's one of a kind. It's funny. It's original. And it's oh. something that's going to keep you on the edge of your edge of your, edge of your street. It's going to keep you on the edge of your street and your seats. Shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and there's some areas where you're like, well, this, he'd be caught by now. Why, why is he getting away with this? But they kind of show it. People think it's fake or a prank, this or that. And there's more that goes in the movie than I'm telling you because I don't want to ruin everything that happens, of course. Uh, so in my opinion, it's free. It's available to rent or buy on any VOD platform. But I think it's a green light. This is one of the rare cases where I'm like, I watch the trailer and I'm like, ah, this movie's going to suck. But I kind of, I'm intrigued by the premise. Mm-hmm. So I'll rent it opposed to buying it. I've been buying movies left and right all over this fucking COVID lockdown Purchasing stuff. That man. Yeah, yeah. So the one time I don't buy something, I liked it. So Greenlight, <laughs> check it out if you get a chance. It's pretty stellar stuff. Sweet. And yeah. uh, it stars uh, Joe Carey. He plays, uh, I forget the guy in fucking Stranger Things. He plays the uh, Steve. He's oh, the guy yeah. who's like the villain in the first season, but then becomes a hero in the other seasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. No, it's, it was I, nice to I see David that. Arquette back. Oh yeah, like, I haven't seen David cool. Arquette in a while. What what is his uh invo- Who does he play in the film? He Arquette. plays a DJ who happens to be uh, this guy's dad. And oh, okay. He's more of a friend than a dad type of thing. Mm, gotcha. Okay. And that the kid doesn't like that fact. Yeah. Kind of resents his dad. 
He wants it. He wants. But the dad's trying dad. the best he can. I, I think you might enjoy it. What were you gonna say? Sorry. I'm, I apologize. Like <laughs> DJ David Arquette, dad, ain't got time to dad. Uh, he's out there DJing. Oh boy, DJ David Arquette, dad. That's uh, right. What a what a guy. That that'll be. We start the hashtag right there. <laughs> Gotta get it going. I mean, he's on a little comeback. Uh, there's another movie that just premiered on uh, a festival that's been streaming on Amazon this week called Fantasia. Um, he has he has a new movie that looks kind of interesting. But then he has a documentary called You Can't Kill David Arquette. It's about him quitting acting and taking up wrestling and being looked down upon and people don't like him in wrestling. But then he's trying to get back into wrestling. Looks kind of interesting. I might oh, check it out sometime. Shit. Yeah. That, is, yeah. that does sound intriguing, actually. <laughs> yeah. We, we want to watch you, David. We want to watch <laughs> I know he's known for comedy movies, Dennis. I hear you got a comedy movie oh, you're talking about this week, right? I do. I do. I, I went back to something that it has been quite a while since I've seen. Saw once before. My, my next film is Starsky and Hutch. Uh, I saw when it first hit video, like I remember renting that shit from Blockbuster. Uh, renting that, that about 2006 2004 2004 actually okay um nice so what i was in high school freshman sophomore year high school something like that uh by the time i rented that thing um it was it, it is tells the story of the classic tv duo starsky and hutch reimagined and a somewhat modern take it still kind of takes place in the time period for the most part <laughs> there's still yeah. some things that kind of play around with what's what's real and what's actually real in the 70s i forget what they say it's 75 or something something like um, that the the hard to the hard to work with ken hutch hutchison played by <laughs> owen wilson is the partner wow. of ben stiller playing uh david starsky and they got the car they're solving the crimes but it is with an added, a special Todd Phillips layer of cheese mm. over everything that it, this is not Starsky and Hutch. Like, I'm sure there was a small percentage of fans that were going to see this movie that were <laughs> very much expecting, oh, well, these two are recognizable. I guess I'll see what that. And it's just very much not that. But it's still a hilarious movie. It is a very funny movie with a very funny cast. This is one of my favorite Snoop Dogg roles, that's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Huggy Bear, man. He Ooh, Huggy kills that shit. Man. You get a lot of the slapstick zaniness you'd expect from like an anchorman and the things that live in that realm. The, yeah. the car jump, like the car stunts, the ladies fawning over these two guys who, let's be honest, maybe not the sexiest men in Hollywood that are supposed whoa, to be. Whoa, 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 calm down. When I think of the sexiest men in Hollywood, I think of the frat pack here. All right, these guys are killing it. Mr. Uh, Will Ferrell. <laughs> that was uh, Dragon. What? What's his name? Drag- God. What was the name of that son of a bitch? I feel like it was Dragon was, or something. Uh, yeah. He and then his habit of stitching dragons onto people. Like <laughs> he did embroidery or some shit. That yeah. Was, well, he's in prison. Yeah. Right. Somehow that. Yeah. He has the thriving business. Uh, Fred Williamson <laughs> as the captain. He mm-hmm. just he play, just plays a solid badass every time yeah. and everything. Uh, Chris Penn, rest in peace. That was a odd role there. I don't know. I liked I him though. He was so- good as an asshole, just yeah. like giving those guys shit. My 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 scene that always sticks out in my head with him is like when fucking uh, uh, Starsky uh, has like the fucking uh, face like towel over him, and he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's giving him shit, and even the captain's like, get yourself a real towel. <laughs> that is a great scene. That's the scene I think of when I think of them, too. He did that, and then same thing. You get to see Chris Penn in a towel the whole time. Ooh. Forget everyone else in the movie. Steamy. But, yeah. That's, oh, God. It's, do it's it. silly. It's Do it. Oh, God. The classic. And then now still people still know who you are, you know, what it is you're doing when you say that. Are there any other line, lines that kind of stick out of that one? Um, no, but I, I always love the scene where, like, they're fucking hallucinating because he ended up giving uh, the cocaine into cocaine. the fucking uh, coffee. <laughs> Yeah. And you see the little birds and stuff. The, the random and, dance off at the disco. Yeah. Like <laughs> this one, I'm going to give a yellow light. It's like, it was okay. fun. It's, it's funny. I, I, I can laugh at stuff, but what's really going on here? Mm. We, we have a whole lot of scenes of, holy shit. Are we really going? Th- oh yes. We are going through this whole sequence. All right. We are going to have the dance off. We are going to see every movement of the thing. And it's going to take up several minutes. The, the, <laughs> the date that you get the, cocaine you know learning the cocaine is like sweetener but it just takes so long to move in and out of some of these beats yeah 
That's and in that scene, isn't the, the guy that runs the uh, disco, isn't it Patton Oswalt as like yes. a host? There you go. Ah, I love that. Yeah. That was good. Oh my God. He was, and he's funny in that too. Great cast though. I mean, everyone does, everyone does their job very, very well in this movie. The sets look awesome. Like the costumes are ridiculous. I love the wardrobe and shit. The, even the lighting is interesting because they play with, mm-hmm. especially when they're indoors, you're at Huggy's spot and stuff. That place is oh, probably one of my You get that vibe. Sets. Oh yeah, yeah. But, and yeah. I love the the neighbor kid that he watches, or the fact that you see the real Starcy and Hutch at the end. Oh yeah, buying nice. the car from Starcy and Hutch. <laughs> that was fun. And I think they're wearing the same clothes, almost right. They're wearing the exact same wardrobe, and they walk up to their <laughs> respective like counterparts. Nothing crazy great, but it's you know it's a yuck. It's a chuck. <laughs> All right, fair enough. What about you, man? I I think uh, I think we ought to be up for hearing about that movie you worked on. Yeah, since the middle of last year, I've been talking about off and on again that I worked on a Netflix movie, but I didn't give out too much info on it. Uh, now I can talk about it. It uh, just released last Friday. Uh, where, where we're sitting right now, it's number three, the third uh, best watched movie on Netflix. Oh, uh, nice. It's uh, called The Sleepover. Yeah, I worked on it from last July till about December. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, it's an action-packed family movie starring uh, Malin Ackerman and Kim Marino. Both of nice. which you co- were co-stars over on Adult Swim's uh, show Children's Hospital. Hell yes. <laughs> uh, another co-star is uh, Joe Meganello. Uh, he plays Deathstroke. Uh, then we get Eric Griffin, uh, Montez from nice. Workaholics. He's in there. Uh, it has uh, two <laughs> actors from the live-action Kim Possible movie. Uh, these kids named uh, Sadie Stanley and Maxwell Simpkins. Uh, it has okay. uh, this actress named Cree Chichino. She's a co-star on Nickelodeon's Game Shakers. This other kid named... Lucas J from uh, Fuller House. I honestly didn't know who these kids were before the movie, so okay, and, but but they were pretty good in it. So oh, nice. I figured right. it sounds like they're in things, so kids might know them. I don't know. I should probably tell you what the movie's about. I guess uh, what's happening? It's about yeah. two siblings, a young boy who's having a sleepover with his best friend uh, out in their backyard. They're having a little tent sleepover, and a teenage girl who's uh, sneaking out of the house with their best friend uh, to go to a party, and uh, for some reason. All the kids are out back talking in the tent. Uh, and as that's happening, the, the, the parents are inside the house and uh, they end up getting kidnapped by these dangerous people. Uh, the kids find oh, out Jesus. that their uh, mother isn't exactly who they thought she was because she used to be a world-class thief before she met her dad and had them. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's uh, been in witness protection. So we find out the people who kidnapped her and her husband are uh, some of her old accomplices. They have her and her ex-fiance, played by uh, Joe Magnello, uh, oh. get together for one last heist. They got to uh, steal a royal crown off of uh, some royal diplomats that's having a meet and greet somewhere in town for some weird reason. Uh, <laughs> and it's up to the kids to save the parents by using clues and hints that the mother left for them throughout their childhood and actually well stuff's going down I- i'm not gonna lie while i was working on it i i didn't really know what was going on i, I didn't want to read the script i wanted to just go on the edge of my seat and not know what was happening so i had no idea if this movie was going to be fun or cheesy uh luckily the movie was actually kind of fun i had some good laughs uh it's uh nice. it had some really good humor like i said before i didn't really know who the kids were before but uh they were really pretty talented kids i thought uh Oh, awesome. And uh, I had no doubts about the adults uh, going in. I knew that uh, Joe Joe's done some pretty big action stuff, I think. Uh, Malin uh, did a lot of action with the, the Watchmen movie. And Kim Marino is kind of playing a fun, goofy kind of dad. And he's a fish out of water <laughs> on purpose. I like that idea of... Uh... Ken Marino being the new husband, looking over at Joe being like, wait, oh. that's the guy? <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to go do this. And they're like, oh, no, sweetie, you should stay here. And he's like, I'm not leaving you alone with this guy. And, like, throughout the whole thing, like, there's a lot of back and forth with the two of them. And, like, Joe always calls him the wrong name and stuff. And Oh, God. It's kind of funny. There, there was only one person in the movie that was kind of mediocre and really just had a shitty delivery, which was one of the ladies that kidnapped Mullen and Ken in the beginning of the movie. But, hey, it's like, whatever. It's okay. It happens. Uh I got a little tidbit, little insider tidbit. I know Ooh. in the past we, we used to culminate different little tidbits from uh, the worldwide internet, but today I got some insider scoops. To, uh, interestingly enough, uh, production tried getting Tom Cruise as Joe Manganiello's character. Oh, uh, damn. That would have been weird. I felt like why would uh, Tom Cruise do a Netflix movie, let alone a, com- a comedy, a family movie? But hey, now he's actually slated to be in this new... Gal Gadot, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie. So I guess anything's possible. So damn. But we did get a guy close to Tom Cruise, a guy that did a lot of the uh, our stunt director 
was a guy that did a bunch of the Mission Impossible movies. So I oh, guess that's, that's kind of a loose thing. Yeah. That's cool. Shit. Yeah, it's kind of it, hearing stories from that guy was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. last little tidbit that was kind of interesting. Uh, another person they were trying to go after instead of Kim Marino, they wanted Charlie Day, uh, Charlie from It's Always oh Sunny, my God. as well, the dad. I can and, see that. Yeah, uh, and like, Cruise. yeah, it'd be kind of weird and interesting. And I'm like, yeah, I still don't see them getting Charlie Day. But literally, after watching the movie, I'm like, oh shit! Literally, like the mannerisms and lines that they gave this character it sounds like it was written for Charlie Day, man. Interesting. Yeah, huh. it, like, and to see Kim Marino do it, it's kind of like, hmm, it's his own take on it. But in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I can definitely see Charlie doing all this stuff. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Overall, the sleepover, it's over on Netflix. I, I think it's a green light. Uh, oh, cool. Watched, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so uh, give it a give it a watch. Uh, are there are there any up? of the younger cast members? The, uh, did you see anyone that was like, oh shit, we're gonna be see- we're gonna be seeing them for sure? Like, oh man, it's, it's really weird. Shine out of the group? Literally, uh, I I really like the uh, the the kid that plays the brother in here. Let's see what his name is. Uh, Maxwell Simpkins. This kid like he has oh, okay. this charisma and charm about him. And like literally, like when he came in the the production office, he had like this. He's like gotta be like eight or nine or maybe ten, but he has this like charisma of like he's a cool guy, he's having fun, <laughs> and literally it came out the character is just like the kid was in real life. So I'm like, oh fuck. The the friend of the sister, Pre Chichino or whatever, she was pretty had some pretty good dialogue and direction, and uh, the the main girl in it, I've seen her. She's popped up uh, as a couple of episodes as a character on the show The Goldberg. So I'm like, oh that's kind of cool. But, oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, these, and then the other kids are pretty good. These kids are actually top notch. And I'm like, eh, when you're dealing with kids, you never know. It could be a hit or a miss. Yeah. And take everything what I'm saying with a grain of salt. It might be a very shitty movie, and I'm just looking at it with rose colored glasses. But I was prepared to give it a red light if it need be. But I actually laughed, and it was kind of good. And it's uh, directed by uh, this lady that did the last uh, Pitch Perfect movie, which was kind of an action style movie. So it's like, that's. Oh. Huh. Kind of get you in the mindset of where it is. Okay. I know not everyone's seen that stuff. They're Ooh, they're pretty popular though, time, from man. what I hear. So yeah, honestly, I like them, man. But it, but if they did one more movie, it'd be like just a movie too far in the franchise. I think. Oh, a movie too far, you say? Yeah. Speaking of which, I for my night, I for my next film, I went a bridge <laughs> too far. See, we almost. Oh shit! It, but I'm gonna do my best to bridge these reviews together. All right. We got there. So, the 1997, 1997, excuse me, the 1977 classic World War II film directed by Richard Attenborough himself, A Bridge Too Far. This movie, I've only been able to see a few times because it's a lot to ask for. It's three hours long, folks. It's a three hour long movie. Wow. But when you're sick and you got nowhere to go, who fucking cares? <laughs> so I was like, hey, I'll watch A Bridge Too Far again. It, but it's been several years since I've given it an honest viewing, you know, front to back. Not, not including the, of course, I'm going to stop the channel here for a minute because I like the scene kind of shit. But actually trying to take the whole film in. It is intense. Specifically going over the true story of late 1944 when... The Allied forces are going to do this secret assault up into several critical bridges that they need to try to secure a path into the heart of Germany. And the way they see it is by capturing, um, using their combined forces to capture a series of, again, these important bridges that Mm -hmm. they think they can do in this very narrow window. It's this dramatic scene of preparing uh, glider insertion. A bunch of troops are getting airdropped. There's so uh, obviously with uh, a glider insertion, there is no, return you're not getting a bunch of vehicles and shit you are foot soldiers and then you have your armored tank column coming up from behind that is waiting for you to start securing those points so they can come in and reinforce it is a very large coordinated effort this was a very difficult task and we are seeing the story told from many 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 different perspectives (laughs) just a few of the actors starring in this movie are sean connery michael caine gene hackman Robert Redford, James Kahn, and uh, Elliot Gould is in it for huh. a few scenes too. Um, British actor Edward Fox, I, I, I like. He's been in a lot of these kind of movies from this era. Just a badass movie. You get to see, and, I mean, it is, I was about to say it's almost entirely from the Allied perspective. Most of it is. They do have a few scenes from the German side, the, uh, the bases that they are actually 
encroaching. The planning was successful. The mission doesn't really go off without a hitch. They end up losing a lot of what few vehicles they were supposed to have up on the front lines get destroyed on impact. Their commanding officer, who was supposed to be a part of the glider insertion, died. The maps and the plans of the assault were discovered by a German patrol. There's the few people who did finally get to those bridges then didn't have any of their support coming in behind them because of uh, the traffic jams on the roads that ended up happening. And the armor... The armor couldn't catch up to where the troops were at the foot foot of several of these bridges. And it was just, it got really clusterfucky once everyone got out to the front. They had all this momentum and everyone was just digging in hard. You have these really badass scenes of tanks rolling across bridges and uh, infantry lighting them up from uh, various rooftops and stuff. You get the the classic British weaponry, piots and... Uh, Bren guns and stuff are getting fired off. There's a really badass flamethrower scene where they take out a German pillbox at the foot of one mm. bridge to, to and it was and it's kind of accidental. There's a little there's a tiny tiny bit of humor that I like. It's it's that really dry British humor that mm. it's like the necessary jargon you need to use to just kind of keep your spirit just above being non-existent you know like yeah. we're, we're seeing we're seeing like the true grit of these individuals trying to complete their mission some of the uh some of the characters actually are the citizens themselves there's one family in the netherlands that we keep cutting back to throughout the film that they have been occupied by the germans from so much of the war they've been taking meticulous notes and they've been handing it off to the other ground to try to give it to the allies. And they've been like reporting on tank positions and troop movements. And they've uh, one teenage son, he spends half his day just writing down the number of vehicles that drive past his bedroom window in his house, just so that information could get handed off and all of these things could be recorded. It's a badass movie. I love this type of thing. It's a long endeavor though. I'm giving this a green light, the spectacle, the mm-hmm. the the value on screen it looks visually interesting the performances are powerful it has that editing pace of a 1977 film so i guess if that part feels slow to you then that is going to feel slow to you of course okay. but it picks the fuck up like this is by no means does it get quiet for long it is first and foremost a world war ii film so <laughs> lots of battles throughout the the music is really good the sound is in, is intense I could imagine if you had really high quality headphones, this would be a fun movie to try watching on headphones just (laughs) once to give a shot. If not, get that surround sound just blasting and just feel the tanks roll through your living room. It It is a green light for me. I can see this not being everyone's taste, but if you're in for a three hour long World War II film and you haven't seen A Bridge Too Far yet, please go check it out. It is a classic. No, I'm not gonna lie. I've never seen it, never heard of it, but what what you said about it, it sounds intense and action-packed and thrilling, and the cast just sounds fucking phenomenal, man. Funny that you say one of the main characters is Sean Connery, because the day that we're recording it, today is his 90th birthday. Oh, shit. Well, on the day of recording, of course, not release date, happy birthday, Mr. Sean Connery. (laughs) I enjoyed another classic. Oh, yeah. We know you're an avid fan, sir. (laughs) <laughs> and thanks again for the downloads. So you know what? Since you talked about a movie with a stellar cast, I think I'm going to talk about a movie with a stellar cast. Oh, sweet. So uh, Disney Plus just put out a heartwarming family movie called The One and Only Ivan. Apparently oh, it's awesome. based off some children's books, and it's actually based off a true story. It's funny. I had like a little kid uh, that was staying over our house, a family member. I'm like, hey, you want to watch this movie? He's like, I already know what's going to happen. And then he said something like, you fucking ruined the movie for me, man. Fuck you. I didn't say that to the kid, but I'm like, spoiled the movie for me. But I didn't let that get in the way. So it's about a silverback gorilla who's the main attraction at a shopping mall circus. And it shows the bond that he has with his owner and friend, played by Brian Cranston. However, no matter how many animals, how many different acts the circus has, attendance has kind of dwindled. Then it picks up when uh, they get a little baby elephant brought into the show because they already had an elephant, but it's like, hey, come see an adorable baby elephant because that actually worked. It livened up the show a little bit, got more asses in the seats, and uh, Mm -hmm. things were looking all right. Uh, However, when the senior elephant that used to be the only elephant, she's on her deathbed. And uh, she asked Ivan to promise her that he would do everything in his power to get this little elephant out of the circus and into the home that she deserves. After that, Ivan has mixed emotions and doesn't know what to do. And I'm not going to tell you what happens. 
because okay. I don't want to ruin the movie for you. But I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, I know what happens. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And you might also be wondering, how does an elephant tell a gorilla to like <laughs> save a baby elephant? Like I said before, it's a movie. And it stars animals. And these animals, you know what? They can talk. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the cast supplying the voices of these animals is top-notch in my book. We got Sam Rockwell playing the one and only <laughs> Ivan. I love Sam Rockwell. Sweet. Yeah, uh, me too. And then he's joined by Angelina Jolie, Helen Mirren, Ron Funches, Danny DeVito, and like so many other people that you might have seen or heard. I just really enjoyed it. As you can tell, I I really did enjoy this movie. And honestly, there's not much I can say negatively about it, which is kind of nice. So if you have a Disney Plus subscription, uh, turn on the app and watch this amazingly heartwarming and profound movie. And like, it's kind of heart wrenching at moments too, but. I wonder, you know you're man. Getting in. Yeah. When you said true story, and then you said talking animals. I'm like, son of a bitch. Some animals mm-hmm. are dying. I know it's gonna happen. Am I? How bad and, am I balling in this, man? How how bad am I fucking balling? Yeah, and when you see the animal die, it is. But then uh, I don't want to spoil. But okay. what happens with uh, Brian Cranston is kind of sad too. Like he loses oh. his wife because of the bond he has with Fuck. Ivan, and oh. uh, he's put in a tight spot later on. And something, yeah, it's it's hard. It's oh. it's sad. Okay. But, okay. It's also heartwarming at the same time, so okay. it shouldn't be a negative. Uh, but be prepared. So this is the one and only... Yeah, yeah. Be prepared to have a Kleenex by you, man. The one and only Ivan is a green light in my book. And like I said before, it's ironic because this is based on a book. And it's funny because I actually saw there's other books called The One and Only Bob and The One and Only This and That. So maybe there might be more. Okay, interesting. But the huh. way they leave the movie off, I don't know. I don't know if there'll be more. Huh, Okay. No, this like the the cast had me intrigued. The yeah. it's been a minute since I've gone through that kind of. Now, what wh- what kind of family movie? Like what family group you think the movie is aiming for hardest? Mm. Mom, dad, and the I kids. Guess, sure, but like yeah, I'd say mom, dad, and the kids. I feel like it. It's more like the parents could really enjoy it, and the kids are gonna enjoy seeing the animals doing like stuff. Like there's a chicken that fucking hits a baseball bat there's like cute little <laughs> okay. things happening here and there oh shaka cons okay. in it i don't know there's just so many little things that like it's it's enjoyable for the whole family That's but cool. i feel like i feel like it's more the little kids seeing these animals and these animals man they're cg but they look pretty fucking good pretty believable like nice it's kind of cool it's like you forget for a second they're not real and it's like nah dude you know they're fake Ugh. it's been a while since i've seen something along those lines of like you know growing up around something like Mighty Joe Young and those yeah. spectacle animal movies. Or, you know, we would grow, grow up through that generation of like Homeward Bound and Otis and Milo and mm-hmm. all of those, the cat and dog, or even the monkey movies, fucking Dunstan. Yeah, Dunstan checks in. Air Buds. Uh, Ed, Air Bud, yeah. Yeah. Like, and- it's a fun, uh, it's, it's cool to see that we can still do the stories without having to worry about like, you know, how many fucking animals they're probably harming. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that was always happening. Obviously, no. there's going to be instances where people are genuinely caring for the animals that are working. Yeah. But, you know, in reality, if we can avoid having a whole circus needing to be on set, that would be better for the animal, I would think. And I'm not trying to say it's an amazing big circus. It's more like a little novelty circus in like a little shopping mall. But then, that's the other thing. It's interesting because this takes place in like a vague time frame. I want to say like maybe 60s, 70s. So it's kind of has that little vibe to it, which is kind of cute and fun. Okay. And well, it sounds like a nice, I, I was curious about that one. That, that sounds like a pleasant, a pleasant view. Yeah, yeah, that just came out. I honestly, I wish this was out in the movie theaters because it'd be kind of cool to see on the big. Oh, screen. cool! Oh, damn! Yeah. Oh, interesting. Maybe do you think it might have been something that would have been like a a quieter big screen <sighs> release? I would hope so because, like I said, there's some good actors in it and the story's pretty good. I think more more so than like the Artemis Fowls of the Disney Plus. This should have been seen in the big theater, but wow. I think it was always probably his plan to be Disney Plus. If I had to guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sweet. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. add that one to the queue, sir. Like you can say, this one and only Ivan, he is unbreakable. You can't, you can't break him. He's a good guy. You know who else is absolutely Boom. unbreakable? Miss Kimmy Schmidt. Everyone's favorite uh, bunker girl. <laughs> I, I know you were a fan of the series. Oh, I yeah. A fan of the series. It is a hilarious, hilarious uh, sitcom 
sitcom. It's a hilarious series from Netflix. It's a sitcom. Yes, yeah, it is. It it is a very bright, warm comedy that still has emotion, but explores these emotions in a very lighthearted way. Great cast of characters. I spent every season falling more and more in love with him. Uh, By the end of it, I think Titus might have been my favorite character. Oh, Titus is always my favorite, man. (laughs) Titus is the fucking man. God, he is he is the best. I new newfound love for uh, Titus Burgess. That guy is amazing. Mm-hmm. He can he can perform. But I specifically am talking about the film that was released this year, the special choose your own adventure uh, special special special, <laughs> Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Reverend. Ooh. Now this was a interesting experience. Now, to preface it, the last one of these I watched was Bandersnatch. So I yes. think I missed a couple. That was fucking awesome. I will say, I'll just go ahead and green light that one. Not even give the full review. But it is a great time. That one I had so much fun that we, uh, my girlfriend and I watching it together, we actually went back and tried to explore all of the other branches. Like we tried to- Oh, and there's so many branches to get yeah. to in that. I think we spent a good- So many endings, beginnings, oh, one-offs, yeah. great stuff. It was a fun time. I had a I had a high bar set. So going into mm-hmm. it, I was like, this better this better be intense. Like you better give me some cool options. You better play around with how you're showing it to me and all this stuff. And it starts off very much like you would what you would expect from a Kimmy Schmidt episode, with the exception of it has a little more polish and shine to it, I noticed. Just nice. the presentation the the camera angles, the the way the camera's moving, you can just kind of tell. It, I feel like it's given a little bit more of a theatrical coverage and just the way we're kind of everything's being shown to you. For the most part, we still get the kind of the classic framing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, conversation between characters and such. The relationships are obviously all the same. All of your favorite characters are back in this thing, I will tell you. With an asterisk, I will warn you. Oh. Yes, everyone is in it. If you go to those choices, uh, I had an unfort. I will tell you right up front. I got all the way to the credits, and I saw names go by for characters I did not see in my viewing. Huh. So there are still some locked doors I never actually got to, and I'm I'm kind of th- this affected my review because the first twenty minutes or so, I gotta say, were kind of dry. the The choices they give you didn't mm-hmm. feel like you were doing anything, and then they would dead end so fast and turn you yes. right back around, and you were just like, oh, okay. So it's like it's funny. You're getting the classic Kimmy humor. Like I love that you're getting all of this, the dialogue and the tone, the music, uh, with with the addition of friggin' Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> That's hilarious, and he's really funny in the show. In this too, the first twenty minutes or so was just like, oh, I feel like you just kind of gave me an episode with buttons that don't do anything. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm gonna jump in because. That's literally, I, I started watching it and then I just kept hitting the options and it just kept ending. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I, I don't want to keep doing this. I, had, I want to you know explore what? it. I had the feeling that was, that was your reaction. So I, I, I kept going. I, didn't, I, I watched through it until I finally got to a point to where there is about, about midway. I, I, I reached a decision. I'm almost afraid to describe it too much, but there's a great scene with Johnny Knoxville playing a, a character that doesn't previously exist in the series that was very funny and this seems to be the turning point where it kind of reveals to you oh a lot of the more subtle things back in the beginning actually have a tremendous impact on what happens later there's a couple of small choices that it lets you just kind of breeze past at the start that actually hugely impact how you uh, finish the end and you can kind of i locked myself into uh an unbeatable end where the movie stops you and tells you just so you know, because you didn't do this action way back at the beginning, you'll never win. Kimmy yeah. loses. She, you find now. Out. Do you want to really quickly just let everyone know what the premise of this is? So, in the pre- the the premise of this story, it starts off Kimmy's uh, getting ready to get married to Daniel Radcliffe's character, a prince of I forget where. I it could have been made up. It <laughs> the whole the whole point that he's this prince uh, living in the United States, trying to live. He, he's fallen basically they've fallen in love because they recognize one another as another isolated person and they've lived lived a very sheltered life where they are very young at heart but they very much want to grow up beyond the years that they've experienced mm. and um they both em- embrace happiness and joy uh very accepting of one another uh the usual cast of char- characters emerges but then they find out there's this this book uh that has been floating around in kimmy's backpack since she was in the bunker that has dated back to 
before she was kidnapped or while she was kidnapped actually was when it yeah. was checked out. So the mystery arrives is how did she get a hold of this book or how did yeah this book come into her possession when it was supposed to have been coming from a completely different place. She couldn't have left the bunker. Uh, she's never been to the school that's supposedly from. And so she starts trying to solve this mystery. What is, what was the Reverend up to the guy who put them all in the bunker to begin with? Um, and then I wonder if this is one of the, if you got to this point too, where you start calling all the other bunker ladies. Yep. Yep. I got and that. It, and it's kind of a similar thing where it's like, they just keep turning you back to, it's like, mm-hmm. and, and then you feel sort of funneled down the same path. I will promise you for those who kind of had that similar experience, it does get better. The back half of it is a lot richer and the, your choices have a much, they're a lot more fun. You feel like you affect the movie, but then the movie can actually just keep going. And then you see some of the things that you did back in the beginning, how they play out at the end. One of the more uh, funnier choices, I will mention a little bit of this one. There's, there is one point where Kimmy has the Reverend cornered in a forest, hold, holding a gun to him. And you have like five or six choices of what to do to the Reverend. Uh, one of them, of course, being shooting him. I strongly recommend choose all of them. Huh. There's, there's a funny Easter egg if you actually take the time to go through each and every d- choice. The, the Reverend has a special message for you after you do all of it. <laughs> now, the Reverend also, if you haven't seen the show, is played by uh, the hilarious, but also could be straight lays, John Hamm. He's, he's fantastic in the show. Karate move. <laughs> see I, I did see that when he was in in in, uh, in jail talking to her and how he could do karate moves on the on the guard oh yeah they do it's 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 fun um i i will say for all of the kimmy schmidt fans looking for just some more of that flavor if you've just worn out that section of your netflix queue from watching it so many times and you just want to get some of those some of those jokes again you want to see all of the faces it was it was cool to see everyone have an impact too uh at least the main uh, your main core cast they all did something important there some of the choices may be unnecessary but then that's kind of the joke it's like hey you chose it now you're gonna have to watch all of freebird be sung to you (laughs) <laughs> mm, I think I think I made it to that point. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, all right, sure. Um, but again, all of it, it starts to, uh, it's, it affects things. It'll start yeah. uh, affecting how other things interact. Um, that first half is, is kind of dry. Like, even as much of a fan as I thought I was, it wasn't quite enough to sustain, like, the momentum. Hmm. And maybe I'll go back and try to see what some of the other choices are. Cause I would have liked to have seen some of these other characters that were mentioned, but I don't know. I'm not exactly in a rush. It was still fun. And the, edit- nice. the ending was satisfying. The credits were funny. The, yeah. You do get a kind of a live freeze frame credit sequence where all of the credits roll by as you're watching the whole cast. Walk past. Uh, it, I, I don't want to give, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's funny just to kind of watch it play out. Still very funny though. I, I know I laughed a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun little cameos, but still only going to be a yellow light for me. Uh, okay. Not, not, a, not a red because I still had fun with it and it does get better. I, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's kind of a, it's a silly heartwarming show. The, the end, it's the end. It's like, okay, you know, yeah. you got there. It's, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a, a, think of the end of this as a finish line and not, it's not a big reveal, you know? It's not, you're not going to be warmed at the heart. You, you just went through this whole, uh, this whole experience adventure. with, yeah, you went through this whole adventure with a cast of friends that you've kind of already been watching these episodes yeah. before. Or at least I hope so. I do not recommend trying to watch this if you haven't seen the show. The whole thing is very much full of references that you, they're expecting you to be familiar with. Or a lot of the humor will be just really, really quick callbacks. Well, there's still fresh stuff that's funny. Um, it just won't have the punch. Some of the reveals, some of the characters you see walk past, um, the way they talk about things aren't just going to have the impact that it would if you weren't already a fan of the show. But if you're a big fan of the show, I think it can be worth a watch. Just don't expect it to be the greatest episode you've ever watched it's just going to be the longest episode you've ever watched well i mean you've honestly talked me into going and rewatching it because i have been wanting to i don't know what's been holding me back it's just something i'm like oh i'll get to it eventually but now i'm happy to hear that it does pick up and get better so thank you for that that makes me feel a little bit better hopefully yeah. other people might be in my boat and they're like fuck i'm gonna go watch it again it it, it could be fun you know what 
wouldn't be fun though what's that train full of zombies Woo! you mean like <laughs> that uh that old movie train to basan oh the fucking classic i i think that <laughs> one is one that's going to go down in zombie movie history oh uh, one of the best zombie movies, in my opinion. Oh, hell South yeah. Korean movie. Oof, good, good stuff here. So I uh, recently went and saw the sequel to that movie, Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. Fuck um, yeah. Yes. It's an interesting movie because it starts off as a heist movie and oh. quickly becomes a mixture of Fast and the Furious meets Mad Max meets Land of the Dead. Oh, shit. So needless to say, it's nothing like its predecessor, Train to Busan. Okay. Uh, the movie picks up four years after the first one. Pretty much Korea it was the only place that got the zombie outbreak. And uh, some people were evacuated to neighboring countries. And some people stayed back on the peninsula and had to just live and deal with or get turned into zombies. Uh, so pretty much it picks up with we see two brother-in-laws. They're the only living survivors in their family. And they're currently living in Hong Kong. One brother-in-law is like ex-military, so he has his shit together. But the other one kind of fell in a bad crowd, a bad place after seeing his wife and child become zombies. Um, yeah. yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. So the two brother-in-laws become two members of a crew that goes back to the peninsula to recover a truck with about $20 million in cash. Jesus. Um, yeah. They essentially find the truck in no time. However, on their way back to the ship, out of the blue, they're attacked by a group of soldiers that never left the country. And uh, everyone oh, in their group dies except for them. Uh, however, they get separated from one another, leading them to believe that they're the lone survivors of the heist. The military brother is saved from these villains, from these two badass sisters. Probably one's about a teenager and one's probably about like, eight or nine they take him back to their grandfather's house and kind of help nurse him back to health uh while the other brother gets kidnapped by the soldiers and he's forced into like a thunderdome type situation with zombies in the mix oh, kind of crazy yeah uh this movie is a bit odd because it's a zombie movie but zombies aren't really the prevalent dangerous villains that we kind of had in train Basam. before train Basam was trying to survive against zombies on a train and how to get away from them. This, you're more worried about the humans. Like, the zombies are kind of troshiary in this situation. Okay. Like, it's It's kind of coming back to, the, like, the... It, this is the classic, like, post-zombie apocalypse yeah. formula. Where yeah. it's the human versus human living among the zombie world. Mm-hmm. Kind of, okay. Yeah. And the fun with Train to Bazan, I think, was the kills and the way they survive and the escaping. But this, it's like, mm, it's just kind of bland CG stuff here and there. And there's way too much CG. Even at a point where these people are, like, driving through a city, it's like, you can tell it's kind of CG. Uh, and the zombie kills were bland. And the movie was kind of all over the place. Uh, and there's, like, a tiny connection to the movie. Like, at one point in Train to Bazan, like, I think they end up trapping, like, a bunch of zombies in, like, a escalator or like a stairwell with glass in the city or something and you kind of see that in this one and that's the only oh. real connection you have oh really um, yeah huh. somehow though the story kind of worked for me like most zombie movies i find kind of drag a little bit in the middle in the beginning like they just they get slow and dull to me but this movie had me kind of excited the whole time it was action-packed and thrilling and and uh honestly somehow there was pure laughs like hidden throughout the movie oh shit okay yeah overall train to Bazan presents peninsula is a yellow light in my book uh the pros and cons kind of outweigh one another the fact that the movie is being preceded by such a big movie and it's being called slightly a sequel to a great zombie movie kind of is a letdown because it's not a sequel it's just kind of in the world of train to yeah Bazan. Like, it could, if this movie was, like, called just Peninsula, and it had no connections to Trade Sun, they're not selling it as a sequel, I'd be like, green light. But, like I said, there's a couple of weird things. But it, overall, it's kind of cool. There's some moments that I'm like, oh, wow, this kind of feels like Baby Driver with zombies. Like, it's, I know the way I'm selling it, like, being this and this and that. Maybe it's not a comedy. It just has subtle moments. But oh, it sure. actually has really badass, like, stuff. But it's just kind of like, really? Okay. But there's some unique things in here. Um, 
It sounds like you're going from like Shaun of the Dead to Land of the Dead. Yes, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Which uh, is an interesting way to do it. Yeah, but it's, you know, it, it, when your audience is falling in love with how the story was told the first way, when you turn it on its head so much or, you know, you've, you've evolved mm-hmm. it into something so much bigger, it's kind of hard to then draw that parallel. Like, where well, yeah, sure, it, it's the same world. It's the result of the actions, you know, it, um, we're following down that timeline, mm-hmm. but then it's like, that's so much a different movie. I mean, yeah. yes, it's a different movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, I but I, I have some apprehension, you know, like the, the way you're wording it. I, I feel like I'm understanding the signals you're sending. And you know? I feel kind of bad. I feel bad if you're thinking it's a shit movie. It's not shitty. Oh, no. It's good. But, but the different. thing, I'm going to kind of spoil the end of Train to Busan a little bit. A woman with a baby ends up, surviving this with a child that's not hers right that's the kind of what happens yeah yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure because the one guy like he they gave make his sure... life for them to yeah in yeah. order for them to get off the train and shit to so get, get across the trestle or whatever to get to the military mm-hmm. so they had a chance here they could have like made because there's a mother character that they go back to when they go to the grandfathers it's like if you just made her the woman that survived the the teenage girl could be the girl that survived and the the child could have been the child that was a baby in the last one that could have connected it so well i felt like oh, and it definitely. was a missed opportunity i'm like if that was there i'd be like fuck yeah i can call this a sequel and enjoy it but huh. it's not maybe maybe it's too like obvious a line yeah for the like maybe the audience taste where it's it doesn't have to be so linear but mm-hmm. huh i don't know Interesting. I mean, like I, I just mentioned the, uh, you know, the Romero dead tri- like series of that mm-hmm. world of films where it, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of a similar thing. Um, True. And it's, it, it starts off, you have the, 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 the birth of the outbreak and then you have this whole series of films that now takes place well after that are mm-hmm. very much each their own film. They're totally oh, their own easily, experience. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it was aiming for to, to yeah. play, to play that kind of card. Uh, Which, Go down I line. shouldn't be so mad because, like I said, it's technically titled Train to Busan Presents. So it's like that should automatically be like, okay, cool. But I know for a while it was being sold as Train to Busan 2, or maybe that's what we expected from it. But So I guess I'm hmm. being a little harsh on it. But the main thing here is I might have spoiled what happened at the end of Train to Busan. If you haven't seen Train to Busan, that movie's a fucking green light. You can hear how much we love it. Go watch that. It's on Netflix. I think it might be on Prime. Watch that. And then if you Please like that, do. watch something that's slightly different, and it's this. But that movie alone is an amazing movie. Hell yeah. And that's why this movie can't be a green light, because it's kind of hard to live up to that. But like I said, if it wasn't, if it was just called Peninsula, it's a pretty solid movie. But it, was, it just felt like they had more money and more time and more at their disposal, and they took advantage of it. And I like the containment and the grittiness of Train to Basel. Oh, yeah. And that's part of what made that scary, you know, or mm-hmm. if, if they were even going to make it. And then the fact that they're riding this vessel that is terrifying in itself. Of, <laughs> like, a, a train's a scary thing when you really think about how much yeah. fucking steel is moving, how much metal. That inertia is crazy. That's an incredibly powerful thing. And uh, I will say, yeah, it does start off with being on a, on a ship that's being uh, brought to another country. So essentially it is the, the people that escape from South Korea are on the ship. And then they start turning into zombies on the lower deck and stuff. And we see the military brother finding his sister trying to console her son as he's turning into a zombie and he's trying to get her away, but she stays and she ends up getting bitten by him. And then he, he has to leave. And then the, the father comes and sees this and, they console each other. So it's like, maybe if that was the movie, maybe it was we see these characters fleeing, you think they're safe, and now they're on a ship. It could be like shipped to oh, Hong Kong. That, that if, it, if that cool. was just the movie, that'd be pretty badass. But oh, we're only got a snippet gnarly. of that. Yeah. Oh, man, ship full of zombies. There we go. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's been done, but let's see, oh, let's see some more ships and zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Submarine zombies. Ooh, that could be there's interesting. The, there's the next one. <laughs> But yeah, well, damn. it was nice to see. Anyways, I, th- I think you'd enjoy it. Probably. And where, uh, where did you catch that one? Actually, yeah, you know, I was an idiot, and I, uh, I actually went to a movie theater and saw it. Uh, oh, it was, the big screen. I yeah, I uh, 
I really had a lot of back and forth about not wanting to go, but I'm like, I got to see it. Cause I thought it was coming to VOD and I was so excited for it. And then oh, they like, sure. like, Nope. And then I'm like, I convinced myself. Luckily there was only the theater itself was empty. The auditorium, there was only two other people in there. Assholes is not wearing masks. They weren't even eating or drinking. So there's no excuse, but I had my mask on all the time and whatnot. But yeah, if you don't want to go be an idiot like me, cause who knows, maybe I got COVID now because I saw this movie, but the early next year, it's going to be streaming on a uh, streaming service called Shudder, which is a horror service. Oh, they have the rights to it. They get a lot of badass movies over there. Wait till that comes out or wait till it's able to be rented or bought somewhere else. You don't got to see it in the theater. That's the main thing. Here. Mm, don't be like point. me. Don't be an idiot and go to the theater and risk your life to see this movie. It was a mistake. Oh, I mean, man. it was nice to see a movie that was enjoyable, but it's oh, like, sure. why, am I, why am I putting myself at risk to see this? It's not Did- worth it. Okay, I was gonna ask, like, how did you, how did you feel going though? Were you nervous? Like, did... I was, I, I, I really was. the The fact was, the night before we went, my brother's like, "Oh yeah, did it come out?" I'm like, "Yeah, it came out, but unfortunately not on VOD. We go to Boston or Providence to see it, but I'm not going to the theater." And my brother kind of gave me shit, and then I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll go if he's gonna go, I'll go." But before that, I'm like, "Here's the reasons you shouldn't go." And as we we're leaving the theater, he's like, "Yeah, I think." I'm not going to go to the movie oh theaters God. again. He, literally the first time my brother said, you were right. Cause I'm like, dude, Whoa. there's no way they're going to, like, there's no way they're, they're going to enforce people wearing masks and this and that. And at one point during the second act. So we're already like a good 45 to an hour. This is like a two hour plus movie. Someone came in to check stuff and they came and see, to see if we we're wearing masks and the people behind us were not wearing masks and they didn't say or kick them out. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. That's bullshit. Okay. Yeah. So I, so much for having faith in uh, that theater chain to enforce yeah. those rules. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm going to sit back for a while, go to the drive-ins. I think this might maybe be playing in drive-ins in California. I hear it's playing in drive-ins oh. across America. But the thing that really sold me was this movie revitalized the uh, like foreign box office. This movie was a smash hit when it was released in its own countries a couple of weeks ago or oh, a awesome. month ago. I don't know how it's doing in America. Like I said, only four people in my theater, but... I wouldn't be surprised if there's a third one, and I'd be intrigued to see maybe if you're right, they're going to go in a completely different world but or direction with it, but I'll see it. I won't risk my life and see okay. the theater if the theaters are still in this limbo. But uh, Yeah, yeah. wait to stream that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the world's good again and it's playing, I'll go see it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, Adam, I think we, we hit the bottom of our list. We just delivered Ooh. a whole lot of toast to these masks. <sighs> wow. Eight movies. I don't think we've done that since we were a four toaster slot of co-host. That's uh, right. So oh it's my a God, lot. Yeah. It's just we had so much we wanted to talk about. We watched a bunch. But, hey, there's some stuff we didn't talk about that we're going to be promoting over on Movie Crumbs. I know last week we talked about, hey, I saw some movies. Uh, go to YouTube. Check out Adam at the Cinema. Nah, man, we got rid of that. We're calling it Movie Crumbs now. So Dennis and I movie will do crumbs. many reviews. Yes. Sometimes it will be a solo person. Sometimes it'll be just like this, but you're in and out less than five minutes with reviews. So there's some movies. I don't know if Dennis wants to tease what he saw, but. Oh, I got, like I said, I, I was sick this last week. So I watched a whole bunch of garbage. <laughs> there's a, another three hour epic, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I revisited a few classics such as total recall and starship troopers. And then some more, more recent stuff that uh, just deserve another, another viewing, another look. The old, the old sick day watch, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to start showing up on that, that channel. Gonna, some, like you said, sometimes with them, sometimes without. Who knows? Yeah. But got, got some more fun things to cover for you. Some more, some more toast yeah. for you to munch on. So yeah. And uh, check it out. Every Sunday, we're going to try to do a uh, news show over on Twitch. And then we're going to cut that news up and put it over on YouTube. Right now, we have the whole show on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. But we're going to start cutting that shit out. Uh, So please, every Sunday, check out Movie Toast News and Reviews around, let's say, 11 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock. No, fuck, that's 8 uh, o'clock Pacific. Trying to see, we're, we're in that time that we normally try to talk about the last week's previous top news that we can't wait to tell you about. That's and right. a few other things popping up here and there. But Dennis, where can they find us on the socials? Oh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all those usual suspects. We got a nifty little Reddit page that yeah. we you can always find the latest links to episodes 
and uh, any of the videos that we post. Uh, we do have a Discord server. You got to come check out, get, the, get mm -hmm. the link for that. We put that in all the major locations. And then, of course, your, the podcast is always downloadable on all of the major platforms. Go check out Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, not Google Play anymore, mm -hmm. and Spotify. That's the, yeah. the usual toaster business. And we would love for you, maybe if you could auto subscribe or auto download the show or Pretty give please. us a like or a review. That'd be so fucking helpful, guys. If not, we get it. But thank you for listening to this one. Yeah, thank you very much, folks. And as always, stay toasty. Boom, 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 boom. But I don't think about it. Don't think about it. You're not going to worry about it. Todd Phillips. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. He's, yeah, he's, he'll probably even tell you. <laughs>